Mic check. One, two, one, two. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to the Mogul Podcast. I'm Tim Bryson, Director of Athlete Education and Compliance, and I'm the host of our show. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returning community member, welcome back. As y'all know, the Mogul Podcast is dedicated to educating all NIL athletes and brands on how to ensure compliance, how to maximize NIL activity, and how to make a difference in the ever-evolving NIL landscape. Today we're back with a very special edition. Very special edition is this, this episode is not being recorded via Zoom or another streaming platform, uh, but in the beautiful town of Winona, Minnesota. Uh, without further ado, I'm gonna introduce our guest, uh, the one, no other than Eric Show. What's up, Eric? Not much. Feeling? How you feeling, bro? Good, good, glad you're here. Listen, we've been together all day, right? You heard me talking all day. You heard the podcast voice turn on just now. You ready? I'm ready. I think we're I think we're in for a good show today, bro. And so one thing is I'm looking before, looking at your bio, right? A lot of different accomplishments at different schools along uh, over the years. But the one that stands out the most to me right now is that you're a recipient of the Under Armour Athletics Director of the Year Award back in 2015. Remember this? I do, I do. What was mo- what's so special about that moment, uh, getting that recognition back in 15? Uh, well, there's two parts of it that stand out for me. Um, one, it's a it's an award where you're nominated by your peers and voted on by your peers. So it's something that other ADs um, thought enough of me to, to get me that award, nominate me, vote on it. Um, and the other part of it is um, there's several ADs of the year from different levels that are recognized at a luncheon at the NACTA convention in yep. June. And they ask one athletic director to accept on behalf of all of them. Yep. And they asked me to do that. So in a room full of about 2,000 people, I got to give wow. the accept, acceptance speech for, I don't remember, eight or 10 ADs that, that got the award that day. And, I was never so scared in my life. Wow. Did you have a beard back then? Hair? I did not have the beard. I had the flat top and the <laughs> clean shave. Well, as I'm looking at your bio again, bro, I don't know if you've seen a list on Instagram or maybe Twitter, right? The swaggiest ADs across the country. You're number one, bro. <laughs> I don't have social media platforms, so no, I have not seen that. Well, I'm sure your athletes will confirm when they hear this podcast episode. We're going to jump into the conversation, right? Our podcast is segmented in three different segments, uh, the first of which is really learning more about your story. I mean, I think especially for ADs, as someone who's been on a college campus, I've been a college athlete, seldom do we hear the stories of ADs from the ADs mouth, right? Uh, so Eric, as you're talking to us today, what is your story? Well, I, I suppose I'd start with, I, I knew I wasn't good enough to use sports as an athlete for a career, so I tried to figure out how could I do that. And yeah. so I, I looked at um, what administrative jobs are out there at the professional level um, fell in love and had kids and decided I didn't want to live in a major market where pro teams are so I started looking at um, college athletics um, was fortunate to get my first job at Montana State University Billings a division two school right. fell in love with division two I've spent my whole career in division two um, if you look at my bio I've been at places like the University of South Dakota and Cal State Bakersfield who yep. are division one yep. they were division two when I was there so all of the schools I've been at at the time were division two um, and just you know, show up to work and work hard and the next opportunity would present itself. And I was blessed with a, uh, a wife that was supportive to follow me around the country. Yeah. Um, so we met in Iowa and moved to Montana and then to South Dakota and then to um, Bakersfield, California and then Nebraska and then wow. uh, moved home wow. uh, to, to Winona. I grew up in a town 25 miles from here. So family's important to my wife and I and now we have the opportunity to be close to my family and her family. Super dope. And shout out to Wifey, by the way. But before we go any further, like for those who are familiar with D2, they know about D2. For those that don't, they don't, right? And yep. so you, you got the mic, you got the audience. What's so special, and I call it special too, about Division II athletics? 
Well, for me, it's the relationship that we can develop with our student athletes. You know, we're not like the big business of the Power Five. Yes. And so um, I, I get to interact with our student athletes on a daily basis. If I don't, it's a bad day for me. Um, but Division Two is life in the balance. So you get to be a student athlete, but you also get to be a student. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully when you talk to our student athletes later, they'll, they'll confirm that. Mm -hmm. But we give scholarships. Um, you can give partial scholarships, full scholarships. Um, so I, I think we have as talented as student athletes as uh, many of the mid-major Division I programs do. Yeah. So the quality of our competitions, um, the, you know, the, the abilities of our student athletes are, I think, second to none. And, but yet you still have that relationship with them and they still get a chance to be a college student while they get to pursue the sport that they love. That's real. Yeah, I regret it. I, I looked at D1 schools coming out. I walked on to Coastal Carolina. But looking back, I don't know anything about Division One, Two, II, or Three. But I definitely would have considered D2 a lot more, just given the nature of getting athletics and the academics piece. Um, but understanding, like looking at your resume, looking at your bio, right, looking at all your accomplishments, uh, what is one thing not on the internet, if you will, that we should know about Eric Shaw? Well, that you should know about me. There's nothing that you really <laughs> need to know about me. Um, been asked that before. I, I guess I'll share with you. I was. Um, I was the chair of the Division II Men's Basketball Committee yeah. for two years. I was on the National Committee for four. The last two years, I was the chair of it. And um, the, the last year is the year that Division I, II, and three men's basketball all had their national championship game in Atlanta wow. around the Final Four. And they do a salute celebration prior to the Final Four game. So the two Division II teams got to go there. So did the two Division III teams. And they talked to players and coaches and do all that. And because I was the chair of the Division II committee, Jim Nance introduced me oh, one wow. time. Yeah. Jim Nance has no idea who I am, <laughs> but he introduced me one time. So That's definitely a fun fact, Joe. And before we moving, uh, moving into segment two, as we think about uh, your life to this point, right, your career to this point, uh, one moment as you look back now that you're just extremely proud of um, in your career. I think I'd go back to that opportunity to speak on behalf of the ADs of the year it was pretty special. You remember the message at that moment? Uh, the message that I gave is we're, we don't get here alone. I used the old, um, you, you feel like a turtle on a fence post. You're not sure how you got there, but you know you had to help to get there. For sure. Segment two, great transition, Eric. Segment two, we're here to talk about NIL, right? Uh, we didn't come from Philly and DC respectively, but definitely our company represents a number of different cities across the US. Uh, but when on the state, I um, was choosing to be a first mover, uh, what I like to call it, right? A trailblazer. I mean, setting the standard on what it means uh, for Division II athletics to prioritize and really include NIL as part of the holistic athlete development experience um, in college. Talk to us more about why this is important for you, right? Because we've seen some hesitation at all three levels, particularly in the NCAA model. Why is it important for you to really put this, you know, front and center to say, yo, we can also do this too? So what's always or should always be front and center for us is our student athletes. Yep. So every decision that we make, you can agree with it or disagree with it and can tell you the reasons why we're doing what we're doing, but when a final decision comes, hopefully we've made it because that's the decision we think is in the best interest of our student athletes. Very true. So the NIL landscape is still yet to be defined, I think. I agree. And so <laughs> we're kind of out there doing the things that, that we know we can do and trying to be careful and cautious. But one thing that worries me is the well-being of our student athletes and I don't want them to get into mm -hmm. a contract that's bad for them. I don't want them to miss out on, well, well I didn't know that I had to pay taxes on mm -hmm. that. I, you know, and so I think partnering with a company like Mogul gives 
them the opportunities to do those things, but it also has that connection and resources yep. for them to learn how to protect themselves in that space too, because not every, I think everybody on Winona State's campus has the best interests of our student athletes at heart. Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody in the world has the best interests of our student athletes at heart. I'd agree. So one thing I mentioned earlier in our meeting today was about how like our, how our philosophy is structured, right? It's all about empowering, right? Empowering not just to, through education, but also helping athletes learn how to take ownership of their learning, ownership of their NIL activity, ownership of their career, right? How do you see NIL being a part of athletes taking ownership of their experience that went on the state, given, again, we've now been in this era, what, a year and a half, right? You mentioned it's the undefined landscape, but there's an opportunity for us to begin to shape what this looks like uh, here in Winona, Minnesota. Well, I, I think it's a great opportunity for them at a young age to start to learn how to market themselves and represent themselves and put themselves in a position um, to make that next, next step in their career and their life. Great. And we talked about it earlier in the, the staff meeting about you know, the power of a, a, a thing like LinkedIn and how that's you know, this social media networking type of a deal. Mogul's gonna fit really nicely with that. Great. It's gonna give them a spot that they can go build their reputation and resume of what em future employers are looking. They might only get a $50 NIL deal mm -hmm. through the mogul platform itself, but over the course of four or five years as a student athlete, they should be able to build much more than that. I agree. So let me ask you this, yo, because I've, Tommy and I talked before, and I want to get up and run around right now, but Tommy would legit stop this podcast recording and, and get us back on track. <laughs> but I'm like, yo, there are Division two and Division three athletes, particularly stick with an NCAA model, who just, even Division one AA, who just don't think nor believe that NIL is for them, right? And as someone, again, I've worked in Power 5, I've worked at NCAA National Office, I, I can understand why that may be an assumption, but it's simply not true, right? And I don't know how else or how different I can, like, you know, really drive that message home. But like, what is it about, from your perspective as AD, like, what is it about the current landscape that people think, like, this is not for me? This, this is not for D2, it's not for D3. Well, I think some of the stories that you hear about NIL deals that are in six figures and, you know, you've got these nationally known mm. student athletes, sure. we don't feel like those numbers fit and we're not known on a national stage, but when you and this is what drew me to mogul this is what set mogul apart from other sure. uh, your competitors is you know the the nil is supposed to be a, a student athlete and business relationship and we're going to do this above board and do this the right way and the student athletes on our campus are influencers on our campus and in our community and they're this whole demographic that businesses want to reach and need to reach and if they can monetize some of that, whether that's on a small scale or a large scale, uh, I think that's an advantage to our student athletes. I think that's an advantage to the businesses. And, you know, look, every business is looking at the power of numbers. Mm -hmm. So tonight, hopefully we're gonna have 375 student athletes that all help a company through Mogul. Mm -hmm. um, that should be powerful. I agree. I agree, and I think, again, tonight, we'll talk about tonight in just a second, but um, I'm going to get the name wrong. No, I'm not. Blooming Express. Blooming Grounds. Blooming Grounds. But you went to the Blooming Grounds Express it's gonna, first. It's going to continue. So that's why you had that dif difference. Blooming Grounds is prime, right? We went to Blado's earlier. Blado's prime. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. We got some cookies. We got Did you get the maple sugar. long john with the bacon on it? They didn't it? have it. Someone else did the same thing. They didn't have it. But you think about NIL and storytelling. I mean, there's, there are businesses in the town, right, in the city 
they have been untapped, right? There are businesses in the town that also could benefit from having athlete influencers, athlete yeah. creators, athlete entrepreneurs um, partner with them. But as we think about NIL, particularly from an education standpoint, right, we can't do it alone, right? We're not a staff, can't do it by themselves, we can't do it by ourselves. So speaking to alumni, speaking to donors, speaking to the community members, how can they best support you know, what we're building here now, um, given that we're partners in this space? Well, I think that we're going to have um, a system. You have developed a system that is very easy to use for our student athletes, our alums, our businesses. And if we can all commit to using that platform, it makes it very easy for everybody that's involved. And right. so I think the education piece is how to utilize um, that system and that tool that you all have developed. Um, we, we run everything through there that makes sure that we're a, above board and compliant. We don't get our student athletes in trouble. We don't get our mm -hmm. coaches in trouble. We don't get the businesses in trouble. Yep. Um, so I, I think as we reach out to those who are supporting us, um, if they have questions about NIL, um, I feel like six months ago I didn't have good answers for that. If they ask now, I feel like we have good answers and we have good support and good. we have a, a good structure in place thanks to you guys. That's awesome. Looking six months ahead, we're now what? late 2023, where are we going? Where's NIL, where, where we think is going? I think everyone has an assumption or an idea, but again, given like your perspective from the seat that you sit in as the director of athletics here at Winona State and in, in the division two model, like guess what are conversations like either at the D2 AD level, right? And or thinking about what athletes are you know, asking coming into college in 2023, 2024 and beyond. Yeah, so like 30 years ago, I had a crystal ball <laughs> and I, I had all the answers. Yo. I don't have any answers now. I think I get dumber every day, but. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think specific to NIL, it's, uh, there's a lot of unknown out there and I'm either um, naive enough to think or whatever you want to call it that, that this is, this is going to level off and it's going to become the new norm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think mm -hmm. like the transfer portal where, mm -hmm. oh my God, and how's that going to affect and ruin things and, and we're still learning and adjusting to that, but I think that has a plateau as well yep. and that's going to become a, a new normal um you know for you know how are you going to control the nil money when it's going directly to the student athletes well we've had booster clubs for decades how are boosters not just handing money to student athletes well we're controlling that yep. we're controlling the message we're educating student athletes we're educating boosters why well, I, I think we can do the same thing in the nil space yep. so that we're doing it the right way and I think six months from now, we'll be closer to that. And Great. I think six years from now, people will look at it and say, well, why was this ever a concern? I think so. I mean, we said the same thing about the transfer portal, as you mentioned, um, as, an, as one of many things that have changed over the last several years, and obviously given COVID and the implications we've had to adjust and make uh, since then as well. Uh, but I want to take this to segment three, because I think this uh, is the point of the conversation to where we really you know, drill down like what we want our audience to take away from this conversation. Um, definitely a brief conversation, but one that is packed with uh, moments that we can continue to unpack and unravel um, alongside, again, each other as partners. But as we leave this conversation today, Eric, what are three things you want our audience to remember and leave with after our time today? Um, I guess first, specific to NIL, I'm assuming you're, you're talking about. Um, first, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And at mm -hmm. Winona State, we're committed to always doing things the right way. Um, two, there's a platform to do that with now. And so, you know, please work through you guys or us or the appropriate people on staff so that we do those things the right way. And I guess, you know, steal the point that you made a little bit ago that, you know, there's value 
huge value in Division II and Division III student athletes and what they can provide and connect and do and represent. Um, you know, I, my kids are all adults now, but when they were growing up, didn't matter what school I was at, I, I would trust any student athlete to care for my own children. That's what I think of our student athletes. That's the, the pedestal that I mm -hmm. put them on. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think if you're out there and want to, to look at Winona State student athletes as a way um, to help your business, mm -hmm. um, they will represent you well. That's I know right. they will. That's right. I got to tell you this, Eric. We met at uh, Blooming Grounds. Not the Express, but Blooming Grounds. Mm -hmm. and we walked in. I was like, yo, this man got the hair. He got the hat. He got the, the boot cut jeans and the boots. I said, I got to go change. I got to go change and put my uh, ripped jeans <laughs> on, man. Take my ankle out. And the reason I say that is because uh, you showed up as yourself, right? You showed up in your authentic way. At least for me, I was something like, you know what? I can also show up in my own authentic way to, to present who I want you know, to the world. In a very similar way, I think with NIO, people are always cookie cutter, right? What's another school doing? What's another conference doing? Uh, but one of my favorite quotes is that, you know, we don't, fear the, we don't fear the future, we shape it. And so I definitely look forward to shaping the future of NIO education across Division One, Two, and Three, looking at the NCA model alongside you and as partners as both Mogul and Winona State continue to move this, move this engine forward. Well, it sounds good, and I'm excited about it now because of our partnership. And, you know, six months to a year ago, I just really wanted to ignore NIL. Sure. It, was, it was scary. It was unknown. Um, it, it's not really for Division Two. You know, I had all those thoughts yeah, that, yeah. that you brought sure. up. And, and now I, I think we're in a good spot. And, and you know, I do all, are all three, 375 of our student athletes going to become millionaires off of this deal? <laughs> Probably not. No, <laughs> no, no that's not. No. But... Um, is, is there a niche? Is there a space for it? There, there is, and I, I appreciate you guys for shining the light on that and helping us move forward. Well, for sure, we'll be back, but I'm not going to let you go and end this podcast without you telling us what product you're using in your hair right now. I don't use product in my hair. My wife tells me to. She's what? a hairbender by trade, and I... We'll talk. I use a hat. I need a hat, too. I, need a, I got a mogul hat. I'll, I'll put on after this. <laughs> Eric, good talking to you, man. Hey, Everyone man. else, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Mogul Podcast. I look forward to having a continued conversation with how we can not only educate all athletes and brands on how to ensure compliance, but also how to maximize NIL activity, how to make a difference in the ever-evolving NIL landscape. As always, get paid, get mogul. Peace out.